0: I just believe god's going to do some amazing kinds of things in the days ahead it's vision sunday at the bridge and so we're going to be talking about vision today i'm so glad you're in the house of the lord watching online so good to have you with us today the day that disney world opened back in 1971 was, as you can imagine, if you've ever seen seen anything about Disney on TV or if you've ever been there, it's always bigger than life. It's always huge. It's always, you know, magnificent kind of uh, uh, special effects and characters and all kinds of things. And so you can imagine what that grand parade was like that first day uh, when that place finally opened. Well, there was a convertible at the lead of that parade, and sitting on the back of that convertible was Mrs. Disney. Walt had already passed away. And the new CEO of of Disney and at some point driving through that amazing array of all that stuff the CEO is said to have leaned over to mrs. Disney and said you know it's just a shame that Walt didn't get to see this and mrs. Disney said oh Walt saw it it wouldn't be here if he hadn't I told you that story because that's the bridge in a nutshell we wouldn't be here if somebody back in 1918 hadn't envisioned that there would be a church somewhere in this location, a little revival right over there somewhere and uh, that grew into a congregation that grew into uh, just a church that was ministering in the community built over there on Highway 70 and then built over here and then built this worship auditorium. And just over the years, you saw the little video a few moments ago over the years, God continuing as, as that little group in 1918 began to get a vision. And then in the early '90s, this red-haired preacher, some of you know, came with a vision of growth and reaching out beyond this local community. And uh, and today, the reach of the bridge uh, is in four counties and probably 400,000 people living within uh, the reach of the bridge right now in four locations, uh, Mount Olive, Goldsboro, Princeton, and Smithfield. And uh, and God's just done amazing kinds of things. Can we celebrate one more time what God has been doing these hundred years or so? Amen. But the Lord spoke into my spirit a few months ago in the midst of all this COVID and social distancing and other major effort that went into bringing the choir back and doing it, in, a, in a, I like to call it physical distance, and doesn't social distance about it, but physical distance away, trying to maintain COVID motor, uh, protocols to keep you guys safe and trying to do all those kinds of things. Uh, but the Lord spoke very clearly into my spirit just a few months ago and said, yes, there's some things you can't do right now as a church because we're in a worldwide pandemic. And and so, you know, to keep people safe, there's some things you can't do. There's members of our church family that are just as faithful as they've ever been. They're faithful in their attendance online. They're faithful with their giving. And I thank you for who you are. You know who you are. And we appreciate more than I can say you. Many of you have not missed an in-person service since we were able to start back. And, and others of you, you know, missed some, but you've been here most of the time, and we just appreciate so very much your faithfulness. But God began to speak into into my spirit. Yes, there's some things you can't do uh, during this season, but what I want you to do is bring the team together, the board, the staff. I want you to bring the team together, and as a team, I want you to begin to pray for a vision for the future. I want you to begin to seek my face because I've got a vision for the next season of the Life of the Bridge because what I've done so far has just been a foundation to what I'm fixing to do. Do I need to say that again? Because what I'm about to do is just a foundation to what I'm, I've said it in North Carolina, can I say it more formally? What I'm about to do, fixing to do is what I like to say it, but... Well, I'm fixing to do, and, and hear me. Everything we do is caveated with the reality, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes today. But here's what he told us when he went to prepare heaven for us and the disciples were staring at the sky, and the angel of the Lord came and said, what are you doing staring at the sky? He gave you a job to do until he gets back. He's coming, but you've got work to do till he gets here, so go be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So is the Lord coming? Is he coming soon? I believe with everything in me, there's nothing. We're in a conversation this morning. There's nothing that has to happen except the father turning to the son and saying, go. It's time. But until he gets here, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He is patient, lest any... And so over the last few weeks and months, as a staff and as the board of the church, we've been praying, seeking God for vision and lots of talks, lots of prayers with a goal of relaunching the bridge in the fall of 2021 a whole new launch of the church we're not going to change the name but you know we are revisiting some of the key phrases that we use around here we're taking a fresh look at our core values what are those things that we believe are really precious we're going to make sure we get these things right perhaps a fresh vision statement we're looking for for some ways to communicate that there's a fresh launch of the bridge for the next season in the life of our church with a goal and a heart to, uh, to relaunch the church in the fall of 2021. Now, I'll throw one more thing in the mix before I go on, and that is uh, if, if I have a track record uh, as a pastor over these decades, uh, and, and I think if you'll look at my ministry through the years, you'll see the evidence of this, I, I seem to be able to get a, a clear image in my mind of what God wants to do next, but I stink at timing. <laughs> It just always happens faster than I thought or it takes longer than I thought. So I quit putting timelines on it. I just say, okay, here's what you want to do, Lord. We're going to cooperate with what you're doing. And so today we're going to take some time and just share with you some of the visions that God has for us. And we're labeling it Building for the Generations. Building for the generations. We did not say building for the next generation. We're building for the current generations. And and every one of you is part of the current generations. Our God is a multi generational God. He always describes himself in, in the Bible as the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He always looks across all of the generations when he describes himself. And so we're leaning into building for the generations in 2021. If COVID hasn't, uh, you know, we hadn't kicked its butt, can I say that in church, by fall, then it might be January, but we're going to relaunch this church with a whole fresh vision of what God wants to do. So in the few minutes I've got with you today, we're going to bring some of the staff out. They're going to share some things. I want you to turn the camera on in your mind because vision really is just a mental image of God's future for us. I want you to get that image in your mind. You will not remember all the words we say, but I want you to get those images in your mind and and ask God, what does he see uh, for you in this vision as we go forward before the team comes to share that with you. I want to share with you just a couple of things. In fact, four specific things that, uh, that happen when a group of people share a vision. Four things that, that again, I've seen the scriptures show it. I've seen it. Uh, these are the things that happen when a team of people, a group of people come together with a shared vision. Four things shared vision does. Number one is shared vision produces passion. Pastor Luke asked me this week, having shared some of these visions, he asked me this week, he said, so, so you know, with all the uh, kind of the aggressive ministries and ideas that are coming, d- does that produce stress for you as a leader? And I said, no, 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 no. It does produce some sleepless nights. What it does is it fires me up. It raises a passion in me. It causes me to be awake again. And sometimes at three o'clock in the morning, dreaming and visioning what could be and what might be and how we could get there. And so, uh, you know, I'm just one of those guys that's wired that way. If it gets too man, man, uh, maintenance minded and mundane, you can ask him, I go to sleep. <laughs> I get bored. I start looking for the next hill to climb. But it doesn't create stress, it creates. Passion, it creates adrenaline, it creates anticipation. Hear me, knowing that God himself is about to birth something and we get to be participants in it. If that doesn't raise your passions, then I think you go back to the beginning and say, God, what's my relationship with you like? Paul understood this so clearly very late in his life. He wrote Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Uh, I like the way the message paraphrases it. I gave up all that inferior stuff. He's talking about acquisitions and achievements and, and accolades. He says, so I gave all that stuff up so I could know Christ personally to experience his resurrection power, to be a partner in his suffering and to go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead I wanted to do it friends don't get me wrong by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this but here we go read it with me but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus I'm off and running and I'm not turning back again I'm off and running and I'm not turning back Paul had a vision of reaching the Gentile world uh, with Jesus, for Jesus Christ. It started with a vision for an intimate relationship with Jesus and it grew into a vision for others. And so he went from town to town and he'd preach and, and he'd get beat up and stoned and left for dead. and get up, brush himself off, and went the next town and did it again. You talk about passion, this guy had it. Wow, Jim, <laughs> sign me up for that. Yeah, just, yeah just got some stonings and beatings in my future. Is that what you're saying? Um, No, but I'm I'm not suggesting that vision doesn't cost something either. It does. Fulfilling God's vision costs us something. It requires a commitment from us all. But because uh, Paul was willing to pay that price, The gospel moved west, eventually to Europe, eventually to the United States. Most of us sitting in this room right now are recipients of Paul's passion to fulfill the vision. And now it's moved all over the world. In fact, some of the largest churches in the world are not in the United States. They're in Africa and Latin America and Asia because the gospel has reached the known world and touched lives all over it. Of course you don't you don't have to invest in this process. You you can be a, a spectator to the vision of God. You can kinda hang back and wait and see what happens. But the Bible's clear about that too. Proverbs chapter twenty nine, verse eighteen, where there is no vision, what happens? The people perish. If you don't have a vision for where you're going, if you don't have a vision for the future, then death is in your future because the human condition, sin condition, is death and decay. And so it's either growing to the next place or it's dying. That's the only two options. So the Pastor Jim paraphrases that verse, is that where there is a vision, I'm going to kind of flip the script on this one, where there is a vision, the people, they come alive. They flourish. But as powerful as a passion is, it's not enough because no God-sized vision can ever be accomplished alone. So, the second thing is that shared vision attracts assistance. It attracts assistance of Philippians chapter one. Again, Paul writing to the church at Philippi, "In in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of what? Because of your partnership. In the gospel from the first day until now Paul loved the church at Philippi because they caught the vision shared the vision and worked together to accomplish the vision and the result was he absolutely loved that Church. Now, most of you know, Kim and I have been in church planting all of our lives. Uh, when we planted the church in Chesapeake, we, th- it's called a parachute drop. They're going to drop us into a city we would never really spent any time in. We didn't really know a handful of people in the whole town. We didn't have uh, a church or a building. We had no members, no money, no place to meet. We had nothing, uh, and that can be an incredibly lonely place. But somehow we knew that we had a vision from God, and if we could just get a few people to catch that vision that we wouldn't have to do this alone. The result was that God did amazing things in hundreds and even thousands, tens of thousands of lives over the next 25 years as we served there. We weren't worried because we knew the vision not only created passion, but it attracted assistance. The third thing that shared vision does is it creates community. It creates community, and this is what God's put in my, in my heart for us, both as a staff, as a board, and as a congregation, to deepen our sense of community with one another and to go to that next level of intimacy with each other. Here's the description of the first church the day uh, the church was born, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I like the way the King James says it. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were, they were what? They were all, and who does all include? So everybody was in on this. They were all with one accord in one place. That were that two word phrase one accord. Uh, is actually one Greek word, homothumadon that means that they came into agreement, that they were of one mind, one heart. In other words, they caught the vision that Jesus gave the disciples to go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey all the things I've taught you, and I'll go with you as you go, and you'll be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. They caught that vision, came into unity, that they were going to dedicate their lives dedicate their lives to that vision and in that atmosphere of unity that atmosphere of agreement community formed sense of we're all in this together we're all putting our shoulder to the same wheel pushing in the same direction it ain't me and jesus got a good thing going and you and jesus got a good thing going and you and jesus got a good thing going it's we're working together we are the body of christ and we're going to accomplish more than we ever could by ourselves we're going to work together to get there and care about one another in the process and because they came into unity some of you know your book of acts Because they came into unity in that moment, anybody remember what happened? The Holy Spirit showed up and rocked the town. I mean, blew that thing apart. Uh, Peter walked out, preached a simple salvation message, 3,000 people responded. They want to baptize 3,000 people that day. I don't know if you've ever tried to picture a baptismal service with 3,000 people. We're coming up with a baptismal service here on the 21st. Man, if we could get 3,000 people lined up to be baptized, we'd be here all day and all week. Sign me up, let's do it, all right? Biggest one I ever did was 163 in the South China Sea, and we'd baptize a while and go eat a while, and baptize a while and go eat a while. It was a long, full, exciting, exhausting, exhilarating day as an entire village came to Christ in the Philippines. But this community began to form. Acts 2, I don't have time to unpack this, but just very quickly, let me just read it to you. And again, I want you to turn your cameras on in your minds and try to picture this because this community came together in unity around the vision that God had given them. The Holy Spirit came and empowered their agreement, empowered their unity, and this community began to form. Verse 42 of Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. That's growth track for us to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's communion. We'll be doing that in a couple of Sundays. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That's what we just sang about. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's us giving and then those gifts going out to the needs that are near and far. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of who? All the people. Not just the people that were part of the community, but the whole town began to pay attention. There's something going on over there. uh, And it looks like... A God thing I see praise I see miracles I see unity I see people caring about one another I I see people in their homes not just meeting for an hour on Sunday but they're in one another's homes I see this community and the result is the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And the church grew from 3,000, added 5,000 more. Some scholars say of the 250,000 people that lived around Jerusalem in that day, as many as 100,000 of them came to faith in Jesus Christ in a matter of a few months. And the church exploded on the world and they reached the known world in one lifetime all the way to Caesar's household. Why? Because they shared a vision that originated with God. I'm going to invite some of our key members of the Princeton Bridge staff to the stage, each one of whom has a vision that they believe God has given them for the ministries that they lead, and I want you to welcome them. But as they come, I want you to convert their words into that picture. I want you to picture it in each of those areas. So can we welcome our Bridge Princeton staff members? I know I not only love these guys, but I love the fact they carry their own chairs. Don't you love servant leaders? I love that. It's so good to have them here. Pastor Ricky, of course, is our creative arts pastor. He's going to come share his heart with us.
1: Come on, Ricky. Awesome, guys, I am just so glad, so excited to be here with you this morning and for us to rally around really what I feel like God has for us. Um, I'm just really, really excited. I don't wanna steal any thunder from anyone else, but I mean, I'm just like, just like Pastor Jim said, I am jumping out of my chair. Cannot wait uh, for what we have to share with you guys uh, because it really just is so exciting. So as I was um, praying last year, Uh, really seeking the Lord's will for what the vision for creative arts uh, this year would look like. Um, Did a little bit of uh, study and, and I came across a staggering statistic, okay? How many times, and help me out here, how many times do you think the Bible stresses the importance of regular worship? How many times? Take a guess. 100 times? 200 times? 500 times? (laughs) You guys, I think you may have seen the same statistic as me. How about 8,629 times? Yeah? (laughs) I just thought that that was incredible. It either expresses how important it is that we worship daily, that we worship corporately, like what we just did a few moments ago, that we worship um, in every moment through our thoughts and through our actions, 8,629 times. That is a lot. All right? So here was my big takeaway from that, okay? If you're a follower of Christ if you have read God's word, I can almost guarantee you that you have read a scripture that has encouraged you to worship, that has instructed you even to worship. I just thought that that was so profound. And even more so that God is so clear in scripture about wanting our worship, how much he desires it. And I just thought that 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 just kind of blew me away in the moment, that the God of the universe, the creator of everything, the one who is sovereign and in control would desire something from me, Um, a broken person um, with, regrets and and problems out the wazoo. And it's because he wants my heart. You know, the the thing about this is, is that um, it's so important to God because our eternity depends on who gets our worship. Um, I was just so, I was so impressed by that. And, uh, and I think the, one of the big things for me that, I, that I'm trying to teach myself every single day is that every day you have opportunities to worship Him. Like I said, it's, it's not just something that we do through singing, it's not just something that we come and do on Sunday morning, but no, it's a lifestyle. Every thought, every action is an opportunity to worship Him or to not, to worship something else. So, um, so let's get into the vision uh, for this year and going forward. So and as part of that study, uh, you probably know, maybe you don't, that much of the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And so in your English translation of the Bible, when you see the word worship or praise, um, there's actually several words in Hebrew that are all translated as the same thing. But the cool thing about these Hebrew words is that they have different meanings, like implied meanings and different specific things that that they're really touching on. And I thought that that was awesome. So I'm gonna name, I'm gonna read a few of these words because this vision for creative arts, for worship in in this year and in the coming years is built around these words. So I'm gonna say these words and try not to butcher them, okay? They are yada, Halal, Todah, Tehila, Barak, and Shabbach. Now we're not gonna spend any time diving into what each of those words mean because that is a deep, deep study, but I really encourage you guys to go and look up those words because there's so much that can be learned about biblical worship. Um, But here's what I pulled out of those things. We have two big things that we wanna focus on this year. And the first one is that we are aiming to increase the spiritual temperature of our weekend services. And here's what I mean by that, okay? Guys, Pastor Jim has said it several times. He just spoke about it. We really feel like we're hoping and praying for a revival in our nation and in our church, in our community of believers. But I know, go ahead, yeah. It's powerful. We're right on the cusp, I really believe it. But here's the thing, we're not just gonna sit around and twiddle our thumbs and wait for it to happen. No, we wanna worship God like it's already here, amen? So I wanna continue to encourage you guys, every, almost every single weekend, you know, one of our worship leaders will encourage you, hey, clap your hands, praise him, feel the freedom to worship him in spirit and in truth. We're gonna continue to encourage you to do that. We want you to worship freely and expressively because, you're gonna be filled with the joy of your salvation, right? You're full of joy, you're full of this energy, I don't know, that I feel every Sunday morning when I step onto this platform and when I worship and even in my home when i am got my worship music on, I just feel energized, it's electric. And so I want that to come out. in every single one of our experiences, I want you to feel the freedom to worship Him in, in any way that you feel comfortable. And part of that includes the healthy operation of spiritual gifts and our services, the healthy and biblical operation. Now I might have, say that and some of you guys are like, yes, that sounds awesome. That's, I'm so excited for that. But the truth of the matter is that there are probably a lot of you in this room, maybe this is your second time in church, your third time, your fifth time, you're not really sure about what any of that means. And that's okay. We wanna create an environment where God can encounter each and every one of you in an intimate and personal way and that He can speak to you. And when you walk into the room, the hair on the back of your neck uh, stands up and you know that His presence is here and that He can speak to you and that you can press into Him and that you can hear from Him and, and that you can leave encouraged, you can leave this room after every weekend experience, not the same as you came in. That's our heart. We really wanna press into what God has for us. And that's the next part of this turning up the spiritual temperature. We really want to lean into the Holy Spirit and allow him to move and flow and shape our worship experiences. Now we're gonna remain respectful of of some practical limitations. You know, We're not saying our services are gonna become five hours long or anything like that, although I would sign up for that. You would too, right? Five hour long (laughs) worship services. (laughs) Maybe not, maybe not today. We got something to do later, but um, we wanna remain respectful of practical limitations, but we do wanna do everything that's in our power to prevent things like time or even other elements of the service from restricting what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So even today, we sang a song called Waymaker and uh, it did, we did not do the arrangement that we had planned to do because, <laughs> because we felt like the Holy Spirit had more to say. So we spent some more time in that song and you're gonna continue to see that as we go on. The next part of our vision uh, is we wanna expand the reach of the creative arts ministry at the bridge by developing a voice. And here's what I mean by that. You may have noticed in the past several weeks, past few months that we've introduced a few songs that you haven't heard on the radio. Those are songs probably that are written by our uh, worship team right here at the bridge church. They are original music. And uh, I just think it is so cool. God has, go ahead, sure. This is, uh, I'll give a, uh, this is my first time I've ever actually spoken to a group of uh, this large. So I, I, need to, I need to wait and let you guys respond, sorry guys. Let me tell you about it though. I just think it's really, really awesome that the Lord has uh, assembled a team of people who have a heart for writing songs that speak to specifically to what God is doing in this community of believers. You know, I, I said expand the reach and a lot of you heard those words and probably think, okay, he's probably talking about, you know, they wanna write songs and, and they want them to, the Lord to take them and go and do awesome things and they want the world to sing them. Okay, well, that's what a lot of people think uh, when they start out trying to write songs, but I don't think that that's our heart. Our heart is to really equip you, the attender, person in the chair here at the Bridge Church, with a song that, that the Lord is speaking to you really specifically with, a song that's written out of uh, the heart of what's happening right here at this particular church. And you can take that home and you can worship through, uh, with it uh, throughout the week. We're just really excited about what is, God is gonna do. So when we say we expand the reach, we mean out of this room and into your home. And if God were to take what we're doing here and, and multiply it and do what he it's it's all for his glory, he can do that. But we just really, really, really feel a weight. There's a, there's a group of people, we just feel this, this burden, this calling to write songs that are speaking to what God is doing in this room. So we're really excited about that. So here's the thing about 2021, okay, 2020, was a rough year for for very, very many people. That's an understatement, I know, but it was a difficult year. And it can be difficult for a lot of us to look into 2021 with any degree of optimism, but I just think that it is no coincidence that God has gathered this group of people that is sitting behind me and spoken to each and every single one of us individually and said, this is what I have in mind for you in 2021. Here is what I'm gonna continue to do in your church and in your heart and in your group of people that you're responsible to lead, that He would give us each this incredible vision that we're so excited about in a year like 2021 where so many people are, are, are looking at it skeptically and, and and with negativity and when there's a lot of reason to, to feel uh, discouraged about where the church is, it is no coincidence that God has gathered us here for such a time as this. And I'm just so excited to be a part of what God is going to continue to do through Creative Arts, through the rest of the ministries of the church that you're about to hear at for a few moments, and in particularly in the lives in each and every one of you. So with that, I wanna welcome, and would you help me welcome Pastor Andy to talk about congregational life next year.
2: How many of you are so excited to hear what God is gonna do through our church in worship? Is that not awesome? That is amazing. I'm excited about that pastor Ricky talked about it I thought about that when I walked down on stage you know raising the spiritual temperature we experienced that here this morning in in worship and that is amazing but the other thing that he mentioned was that worship is the way we live our life it is a lifestyle it's how you respond to that guy that cuts you off on the highway it's how you talk to your spouse at home how you love your children how we do our job at work. Worship is a lifestyle. Our our commitment to giving, we talk about that every week. And it's investing into the kingdom of God. We believe that with all of our heart, that worship is a a, a lifestyle that we live. James chapter 1, verse 22 says that we're not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. That we're to do, we're to apply, we're to be uh, practitioners of the Word. One of the ways that we do that in congregational life is through discipleship. And I love groups and what groups has meant to, to the bridge for many, many years. And I am so excited. About the new thing that God is doing in groups, and that is through Growth Track. Growth Track has started off. We kicked off this semester just a week ago. We got 60 people involved. We got six people that have already stepped up and said, I want to intern, I want to be mentored in this process. And we believe I believe that God is calling our church to the next level as it relates to discipleship and that growth track is how we're going to get there, okay? We got folks that are just there maybe you're just seeking, you're checking out Jesus for the very first time. Maybe you're watching online today and 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 you just Clicked on because it said it was a church that had an online service and you wanted to check it out. Maybe you're brand new in your walk with God, or maybe you're seasoned. You've been walking with God for a very long time. What I'm excited about with Growth Track is it takes us uh, from the nuts and bolts of how to study God's Word who is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to being a fully devoted and fully mature follower of Christ who is producing fruit. He is who is being re productive, sharing Jesus with our neighbors, inviting them to church, investing in their lives. That's an exciting thing, and I hope that it excites you. We've got two groups that are meeting now, but my heart is to see 10 groups meeting in the summer, and we could potentially have 24 meeting by the end of the year because people are going to step up and say, I want to be a part of that. I don't want to just be a reservoir that takes in this good stuff, but I want to be a conduit it that that reaches out to the world that I live in to share the good news of Jesus. The other thing that God's really stirring me about is internships in congregational life. Having, having biblical advisors, not counselors, but biblical advisors that help others who are struggling maybe. They just need to talk to someone. Or, or uh, having people who will step out and, and shadow in pastoral care. How many of you know that it doesn't matter how big we get, as a congregation, we need one another. The ministry of presence is very important in everybody's life. You know, we have two core needs in our life, to be loved and be known. And and we need that from one another. So I encourage you to begin to pray. And seek God as to what he would have you do. What is that step he wants you to take? As I I stand on this stage, I've heard it several times already, but I I love what Pastor Jim said about a multi-generational vision. I can just imagine in 1918 in that brush arbor where they were looking out and seeing what God was going to do. And they were faithful And they obeyed God and did what he asked them to do. And because those that went before us did, we stand on this stage. You sit in this worship auditorium. You're even part of the online location today because of vision that went back a 100 years. Will those that come behind us, will they find us faithful to say yes to the vision God's given us as a church I believe that God is gonna do things we have only dreamed about and imagined as we say yes and step out to what he's called us to do. And with that being said, it's my pleasure to invite to the stage our student pastor, Pastor Luke Davis. Will you give it up for him?
3: Man, I love what you said, Pastor Andy. That was so good, brother. How, how we're not just meant to be a reservoir, to receive, but a conduit to pour out too. Because I wonder how many of you in this room would raise your hand when I ask you if you can point back in your faith journey somebody that's led you to Christ. Is there somebody that you can point back to and say, yep, if it were not for them, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Is there anybody in this house today that maybe it was a Sunday school teacher or a coach or a neighbor or somebody that invested in you? Man, it all starts somewhere with someone it all starts somewhere with someone. And I'm so thankful. I'm so glad that God doesn't leave us here alone to figure out this fake thing by ourselves. but he puts people in our life to draw us closer to him. Is anybody else thankful for that this morning? Man, I'm so thankful for the, God, for the, for the people that God has put in my life and invested in me. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be standing on this stage. Some of you in this church, when I was a teenager, invested in my life. And I wouldn't be on this stage if it wasn't for you. You know what those people are doing that invest into your life, that maybe sit down with you, share some wisdom with you, that mentor you? You know what they're doing? They are passing the baton. You know, on a relay race, One racer starts with the baton in their hand and they're giving it everything they got and then they get to the point where they see the next racer and they start running and running and then finally they throw their arm back just like that and they're running alongside of the next racer so that it's a smooth transition. It's a smooth handoff. And that's what somebody did for you. That's what somebody did for me. You know what a tragedy would be is if in the moment that we got ready to stick our hand back, to pass the baton off, we looked back and there was nobody there. And I know that's kind of sobering, but the reason I say that is because multiple studies, not one, not two, but over 10 studies have shown across cultures that 40 to 50% of youth group seniors drop away from the church Walk away from faith after graduation day. We got any visual learners in the house this morning? I want you to think in your mind of a picture of all of our bridge kids, all of our bridge students in one picture. Wouldn't that be a beautiful picture? Man, some of y'all got some gorgeous kids. That would be a beautiful picture. But imagine just taking a pen and putting an X over half of their faces. That's how many are gonna walk away from their faith after graduation day. Can I tell you something? It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way because we serve a God that can take the impossible and make it possible. We have the Holy Spirit that we can partner with. And because of that, in 2021, we wanna double down on discipleship for our student ministry. We wanna really invest in small groups because just like we've talked about today, People want to be known. We want our students to know without a shadow of a doubt that their church loves them, that this church loves students, and we want them to know that. Yes. That's why as a student ministry, our mission is to help students grow in Christ and love the local church. But before we can get there, can I tell you what we need? Man, we need some Pauls for our Timothys. We need some Elis for our Samuels. We need some Elijahs for our Elishas. We need some Naomi's for our Ruths. We need some Priscilla's and some Aquila's for our Apollos's. We need some Moses's for our Joshua's. Do you hear me this morning, church? We need some spiritually mature adults in our house to rise up and take some teenagers up underneath their wing. And you know what I believe will happen? When we do that, when we commit to that, I believe that when we get ready to pass that baton off, we'll be able to do it with confidence, knowing that we're passing it off to a strong faith-filled generation. Do you believe that with me? Do you believe that with me? If that's something that God has pressed upon your heart, I'm gonna be right outside this lobby, right outside of here at the test drive area. I wanna talk to you. I wanna talk to you today, if that's on your heart. But right now, would you help me in welcoming our Bridge Kids pastor to the stage, Pastor Holly Lee. Can we put it together for her this morning?
4: Good morning, I am so excited to be here today. I really am excited to be here in the presence of the Lord. I'm excited about what he's doing in this place. I'm excited to be working with this team of people who are on fire and more importantly, I'm excited to share with you the vision of Bridge Kids. So as many of you know, For many years, the Bridge Church has been a leader in our area in creating engaging kids environments. And that's because we know here at the Bridge that it is important to capture the hearts of children while they're young. I love what Pastor Luke said about capturing our students. And those statistics really scare me because I feel like it's so important that we've got to capture them while they're young, while they're little. For that reason, our goal is to make it obvious to anyone who drives in our parking lot that the bridge loves kids. So, thank you, yes. So one way that we're going after that goal is by creating a high energy kids service. Imagine driving up into the parking lot and seeing cartoon characters and bounce houses welcoming your children with excitement. Imagine your children engaging in high-energy kids' services as they sing about Jesus. Imagine volunteers who know your kids by name and care about helping them grow in their faith. Imagine your child begging for Sunday to come. That is what we are aiming for. And so finally, and this is huge, we believe in this vision so much that we are gonna take our children's ministry building to the next level. All right, so our current kids space has served multiple purposes in our church over the years, but we feel like it's time to fully commit our auditorium and kids' classrooms to bridge kids and their families. Prior to COVID, we had multiple check-in locations. We hope that very soon things will return to somewhat normal, but we want to assure you that in our renovations, we are going to streamline our check-in process to still include one location for kids. As a church, we believe God designed the family to nurture the hearts of our children and the church to shine the light of Jesus. And when the church and the family connect, we can have such a greater impact on their lives. Imagine having opportunities for your children to live out what they learned on Sunday morning outside of the church walls. That's what we envision for you and your family as we begin the journey to create resources and gatherings outside of Sunday mornings. I pray that you will join what God is doing in Bridge Kids, and if you would love to take that test drive in Bridge Kids, I will be over there after this service, and I would love to meet you and speak with you. And so now, I would like to welcome back to the stage, Pastor Jim Wall.
0: Amen. Give it up for these guys. Come on, give it up for them. I don't know about you, but I'm empowered just listening to them talk and hearing their hearts. And and you can imagine we've been talking and praying for weeks uh, about what God's going to do I promised you that uh, that I'll let you go after this but I I I was in the Philippines when we were in the Philippines one time we we didn't start the service till about nine o'clock uh, at night because was a lot of stuff going on in this little village and and I made the mistake of saying at the beginning of the message that I have four points I want to make tonight after three points because I'm preaching through an interpreter and it takes a little bit longer and and after three points it's it's close to midnight and so I just said well let's just let's just call them to the altar and we'll pray and so we came to the altar and began to pray and had a powerful move of God among the altar folks. And so it's about 1 o'clock in the morning when the pastor slipped up beside me and said, "Uh, oh, sir, the people want to hear your fourth point. (laughs) (laughs) I shared with you a moment ago that there were four things that happen when we share vision. I want to share that fourth one with you and we'll bring this to a close. Yes. Shared vision creates passion. It creates excitement. It creates adrenaline. It creates a sense of anticipation. It creates assistance. It causes us to want to work together, to put our shoulders uh, to the same wheel and push in the same direction. It creates a sense of community. I'm part of that community, and, uh, and they are part of me. But there's a fourth thing that, it happens, that happens, and that is that shared vision pr- promotes personal growth. Shared vision promotes personal growth. The one thing I know about God's vision for your life is if you will hear it, see it, lean into it, and commit to it, it will not only help you to grow, it will force you to grow. You see, God's vision at the end of the day for your life and your life and your life and your life and my life is not to get us to do stuff. You you get that? I mean, come on. He spoke and the world came into existence. What exactly does he need us to do? He calls us to vision that stretches us so that we'll become something more like him. When you step out to something that's beyond your comfort zone, that requires some sacrifice, that requires a commitment, that requires that you work together unselfishly with other people, when you step out to do something like that, you soon find yourself saying, Oh God, you're going to have to make up the difference between what I'm capable of and what I've just committed to. And He does. He does. Many of you know and love Jeremiah 29:11. for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to bless you and prosper you. We talked about this just a couple of weeks ago, but I want to just close our message time today with verse 14 of that chapter because it's the message I want you to hear. I hope you've seen some images, some visions in your own mind about about the growth track, about small groups, about worship dynamics, about worshiping not just here on Sunday but but, uh, beyond, about bridge voice and music going out into our homes, into our small groups. I hope you've seen a vision for our students. I hope you've seen a vision for our kids. I hope you've seen yourself in that vision. But at the end of the day, here's what I want you to hear. God said, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. The end of the day, God's vision is for you to know him personally, intimately, passionately. And that's my prayer for you too so would you stand with me this morning as we close this service in prayer and would you consider joining me in a prayer of commitment it's going to be a commitment if you're not ready to make it I understand just sit respectfully stand respectfully while those who are ready make it but I'm going to ask you to join me in this commitment if you want I'll tell you what the prayer is in advance so you'll know what you're going to pray why don't I do that goes something like this, God, I want what you want for me and for your church. And I'm willing to do my part to make vision become reality. You ready to pray that prayer? Is that a prayer worth praying? Let's bow our heads together. Pray out loud, pray silently, I don't care. God, I want what you want for me and for your church, and I'm willing to do my part to bring vision into reality. In Jesus' name. Father, you know the lives that are in this room and are online that are going to be impacted by the commitments that we've made. You know the people that are not even here yet, who haven't even perhaps heard of the Bridge Church yet, who are going to be impacted by the commitments that we've just made. I pray simply that you would do what you said you would do. When you said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey all the things I've taught you, and I will go with you. Go with us, Lord. Like Moses of old, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. This isn't our vision. This isn't our dream. These aren't our ideas. They're yours. So, Holy Spirit, would you go before us? Would you lead the way? Would you empower us in the moments? And would you come behind for the next generation to see that the path was laid for them, and the next, and the next, and the next, until you come, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said together, amen. Can we raise one more hand clap of praise to our God this morning? Amen.